The reading this morning is taken from Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verses 1 to 12. So I reflected on all this and concluded that the righteous and the wise and what they do are in God's hands, but no man knows whether love or hate awaits him. All share a common destiny, the righteous and the wicked, the good and the bad, the clean and the unclean, those who offer sacrifices and those who do not. As it is with the good man, so with the sinner. As it is with those who take oaths, so with those who are afraid to take them. This is the evil in everything that happens under the sun. The same destiny overtakes all. The hearts of men, moreover, are full of evil, and there is madness in their hearts while, they're al- while they live. And afterwards they join the dead. Anyone who is among the living has hope. Even a live dog is better off than a dead lion. For the living know what they, that they will die, but the dead know nothing. They have no further re- reward, and even the memory of them is forgotten. Their love, their hate, and their jealousy have long since vanished. Never again will they have a part in anything that happens under the sun. Go, eat your food with gladness, and drink your wine with a joyful heart, for it is now that God favours what you do. Always be clothed in white, and always anoint your head with oil. Enjoy life with your wife, whom you love, all the days of your meaningless life that God has given you under the sun, all your meaningless days. For this is your lot in life, and in your toilsome labour under the sun. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might, for in the grave, where you are going, there is neither working, nor planning, nor knowledge, nor wisdom. I have seen something else under the sun. The race is not to the swift, or the battle to the strong, nor does food come to the wise, or wealth to the brilliant, or favour to the learned, but time and chance happen to them all. Moreover, no man knows when his hour will come. As fish are caught in a cruel net, or birds are taken in a snare, so men are trapped by evil times that fall unexpectedly upon them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Great. Well, thank you, Glennis, for praying, Tim, for reading. Uh, Let's keep that passage open. Uh, We'll look at a few different passages, but this is one of them. And I'm sure you found it very depressing. It's one of the most depressing passages in the Bible, right? It's about death, something we don't talk about often, uh, but we do it now because it's Lent. It's a time of preparation for Easter. I mean, no one likes to talk about this, right? And here in Hong Kong, I always notice the fourth floor is missing. You are the 39th floor and actually the next one is 50th because, you know, we want to avoid those four. We want to avoid the word death. Um, People try to hide it. Uh, We all were so surprised last year when uh, Chadwick Boseman died, the actor who played Black Panther. Uh, He had cancer for years, terminal, but kind of hid it until he suddenly died and we were all so surprised. I mean, the virus has brought it to the fore, right? Death is a reality and we suddenly have to talk about it. I don't know of anyone in the church who's lost someone in Hong Kong, but maybe uh, we've lost family abroad or friends of ours abroad have lost family. And now with the vaccine, I guess, what are people talking about? I've met a few people for lunch this week. Well, they talk about, you know, is it safe to take? What if I die? Because we want to avoid death. We know it's a bad thing. Hence the worries. 
it, yeah, what do we do with death? We don't think about it much. But the Bible wants us to consider it. Uh, we uh, have this verse from Psalm 90. It's a great psalm where they reflect on death, but what does Moses pray in that psalm? He says, well, teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. Uh, to number your days is, is to know that your days are limited. It is to know that you're gonna die one day. Every day, well, it's a new day, but it might be your last. You know, you, you're keeping track of them because that will make us wise. It will help us to know how to live. So, yeah, we're gonna think about death because, yeah, Easter is coming. I mean, think about Easter. Death is pretty central to Easter, right? On Good Friday, we remember someone's death. And on, Good, and on Easter Sunday, we remember a grave. Right? Death is something that is so much at the heart of Christianity, and yet we don't think about it. So we're, we're going to do that today. It's going to be a bit of a, uh, yeah, a dark, right? We're, we're going to look at uh, the black backdrop of Easter. Because good news is only good news if you know the bad news. Right now, there's lots of stars shining outside. There are. We don't see them, right? Because the sky is, is blue. But when the sky is dark, then we see it shine. And I want Easter to shine. And that will shine well when we see the black backdrop of death. And so that's where we're going. Uh, it will be a bunch of an Old Testament sermon, right? Well, what, what before Jesus, what, what, what if this is all there is? Uh, the book of Ecclesiastes has that message, right? It's this strange book in the Bible, kind of just imagine that, that this is all there is. What is life like? Uh, that is what I want us to feel, and, and that's what we're going to do. So it's a bit of an unusual sermon, uh, but I, I, with God's help, uh, it will work, and uh, yeah, it will speak to us. And that certainly if you're not a Christian and you're watching this, I wonder what you make of it. You know, maybe you think there's nothing after death. Well, we live now and then we'll die and, and that's it. Well, what does that mean for life? Have you ever thought that through? That's what we're going to do today. But the first thing, uh, yeah, two big points, the fact of death and the shadow of death. That's what we're going to talk about. So let's talk about the fact of death. Uh, why is there death? I mean, biblically, of course, we know where it comes from, right? It's co everything goes back to the Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve were created by God and they had absolutely everything. But there was this one uh, condition. Right? In chapter 2, God said, you're free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. Uh, death comes when you eat from this tree. Why? Well, because that means you're, you're rejecting God. So you, here's the God of life, but you reject him. Well, you, you choose death you will die, God said, certainly. And as we all know, well, they listened to the serpent who said they wouldn't die. And, well, they got punished. They, uh, you know, here's the sentence, right, to Adam, Genesis 3, cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil, you will eat food from it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food, until you return to the ground, since from it you were taken. For dust you are, and to dust you will return. Uh, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. You're going to return to the dust. And indeed, that's what happens, right? Um, Adam, chapter 5, he dies. And actually, lots of people die. And in chapter 6, 7, in the flood, almost everyone dies. 
death is, is here. And, and death wasn't supposed to be here, right? God's plan was life. They had chosen the tree of life. I think no death, right? Death is an intrusion. It's, it's not how God made the world, but, but it's here now. And, and how, do, how should we see death? Well, it's, it's being cut off, right, from life. I mean, we, we think of it maybe as, as just not breathing, but it's more than that, right? It's, it's being, being cut off, being denied something. I mean, that's how we often punish people, right? A criminal, uh, he gets sent to prison. We, we, you know, he, he's denied his freedom. Maybe uh, a child who's done something wrong, they are grounded. They are denied access to their friends or they're, they're denied TV or something like that, right? They're cut off from something. Well, that is death. You, you are cut off. I mean, you're cut off from God spiritually, right? You, you can't be with him and enjoy him. Uh, the, the relationship is gone. We're not talking about that much today. I'll, I'll focus on physical death, not spiritual death. But even physical death, right? You're, you're cut off from life. You're cut off from all the goodness of the world. You're cut off from joy. You're cut off from friendships and love and relationships. Being, being cut off. <laughs> and that's a terrible thing, right? Especially because, you know, prison sentences and groundings, they are temporary. Death is total and final. You're not just cut off from one thing, but from everything. And forever. It's not going to end one day, it's permanently. That is the, the terrible thing, right? It's someone cut off from life and all its goodness forever. Now sometimes someone you know, we talk about a good death. Here's someone who, you know, they, they lived until they're 80 and, and then they pass away in their sleep peacefully. And we, we call that a good death. I think we mean them relatively to some other deaths that you could die. But it's not a good death, right? Here's someone who was meant to live. Someone who was meant to enjoy family life, enjoy the goodness of creation, but they're now gone. And, well, you'll never see them again. You will never enjoy their company anymore. They will not enjoy you. They will not enjoy this world. It's gone forever. That's a terrible thing, right? That we should be angry about. That, that, that something like this should have happened to this person. And, and it's not just that, that thing at the end, right? I mean, in some ways, death is also already here. I mean, we sometimes people wonder, was the serpent right? Because the serpent said, oh, you won't die. And actually, Adam didn't die when he sinned, right? He lived for another 900 years. Did God not keep his promise? I, I think death is just much more than uh, the, the final point where you stop breathing. Right? From that reading in Genesis, it's, it's not just, yeah, you, ultimately you return to the ground, but all your life is a fight against the ground in which the ground is going to win, right? Death is already here because of the, the suffering and the pain. In a way, that's just death slowly coming into the world. And, and we experience that when we, when we suffer, when we have to work hard. I mean, think of all the ways that people die. Of course, there's old age, but there's other causes. Uh, um, I mean, I've, I've had it grouped in under four. Uh, sorry, wrong slide here. Um, think of disease, right? Sickness, that's, that's how people die. Uh, deprivation, uh, poverty, hunger, where you, where you don't have the things you need to live and so you die. Uh, disasters, accidents, or just depravity, uh, murders, people who, who kill you. There, there are ways you, 
people die. But, but they're all things that are already here, right? Have you been sick the past few years? Yeah, you have. Death is already here. Has someone hurt you, uh, done violence to you? Uh, people experience hunger now, uh, disasters. They, they happen, right? Death is already here, and it, it may be just uh, a bit, and you haven't died yet, but the, the effect on your life, that's death coming in. Even just the kind of the normal old age thing, right? I don't know how you see old age. Many of us, we think that's just normal. You know, I, I get a little bit of gray hair maybe, and then I, I look wise and handsome. No. Old age, is, is that, that's death creeping into your life. That gray hair is a sign that you're going to die. And, and the, the fact that I, I, I can't read the, the label anymore on the food and, and I, my knees mean I can't do the same things anymore. You're slowly being cut off from life. Slowly being cut off from the beautiful world that God made for you. That is how we should see old age. Right? And how we should see all these things, hunger, poverty. Yeah, they're evils. It's death in this world. And we experience it all, right? Because the thing is, of course, we, we can't escape it. Can we? I mean, we like to. We, so we, we stay at home when the virus is here and we, we want a vaccine. Uh, but can we fully escape it? Right? People still die of cancer, as we know. Uh, it's there. We, 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 of course, you can avoid certain places, right? There are risks that you don't want to take. But, but death is here when you can't escape it, whatever you try. Even some of the solutions, right? You know, many of us, we want to escape the virus, and so you, you, know, you, you stay at home and you just don't see anyone. But isn't that just another form of death? Right? You're cut off from other people's company, cut off from going out. Right? And you're basically, you've replaced one kind of death with another. Death is just all around us, and we don't want it here, well, we experience it there. Our life is limited, we're cut off from things, right? And we know we, we can't escape it, we can't defeat it. We can try our best, right? Uh, we want to be healthy and eat good food and... But can we really beat death? I mean, I think that verse from Psalm 90, uh, we were supposed to read earlier, but uh, this is what uh, Moses says. Uh, our days may come to 70 years or 80 if our strength endures, uh, yet the best of them are but trouble and sorrow, for they quickly pass and we fly away. I think the, 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 the shocking thing here is that three and a half thousand years ago, people lived 70 to 80 years. We always think, oh, people you know, didn't live very long back then and, and life expectancy is going up. No, no, 70, 80 years was normal then. It's just that there was a lot of kids who died young and that's why the average is so low. But in three and a half thousand years, it hasn't gone up very much. <laughs> There's no kind of long life gene that if we just uh, fix that, you know, we can't. Ultimately, of course, because death is not biological, right? Death is theological. Death is because we have sinned and we've turned away from God as a human race. And that's why death is here in the world. And so, yeah, the mortality rate is, is 100%. Everyone, if you're watching this, 100 years from now, you'll be dead. Um, everyone you know will be dead. And, and parents can't stop that happening for their kids. Governments can't stop it. Western medicine or Chinese medicine, neither of them can stop it. One day, each person will be cut off from everything that is good. 
cut off from, from life itself, from everything. Isn't that terrible? Isn't that dreadful? Did you ever think about that? You know, sometimes with the virus I feel like we make death so normal. Well, a lot of people die anyway, so uh, as if it's normal. And I mean, the zero case policy of the government, I, I mean, I, I think it's really unhelpful and unrealistic, but there's something good about it because, I mean, zero cases and zero deaths, that's what you want, right? Ultimately, you don't want anyone to suffer and to die. The only thing is that will happen. It can't be avoided. And, but that's kind of the, yeah, the fact of death. But actually, that affects life now, already. Because the Bible talks about the, the shadow of death. I think the shadow is uh, such a great image, right? A shadow. It's something that's near. It's not here yet, the thing itself, not yet. But it's already blocking out the light and the warmth that's there. It, it's blocking it out. And so, yeah, death is around us, death is coming, and it affects us psychologically. I mean, partly, as we've seen, life is, is broken, right? The fact that death is already here means our, our life is just not what it should be. I mean, Ecclesiastes, uh, what it says about life. I mean, Moses talked about trouble and sorrow uh, here. All their days they eat in darkness with great frustration, affliction and anger. Uh, all their days their work is grief and pain. Even at night their minds do not rest. Here is humanity living here in this world. Uh, right? Because all these things are already ruining our lives. The, the, the disasters, the accidents, the sicknesses, uh, the sin. I mean, how often has life been really great? I, f I find life is always disappointing, right? Maybe you plan a great day out. Disneyland is open, you go to Disneyland. Well, something's closed. Or you, you have a big argument that spoils the day. Or, you know, someone falls and has an accident. Right? When do you ever have a perfect day? Death is already here, which means life is, is broken, right? It, it, it's always disappointing and it's limited. So that's how we live now, and not just that, life is uncertain, right? Death is coming, but actually we don't know when. Life is uncertain. And here in Ecclesiastes 9, and I've seen something else under the sun. The race is not to the swift, or the battle to the strong, nor does food come to the wise, or wealth to the brilliant, or favor to the learned, but time and chance happen to them all, right? Things just happen randomly, which means that the, the, the you know, the most learned person or the strongest person doesn't necessarily win. That's life. It's very uncertain. We, we've seen that, right? You had holiday plans last year, this year? No. But that uncertainty includes death. That's the next verse, right? Uh, moreover, no one knows when their hour will come. As fish are caught in a cruel net or birds are taken in a snare, so people are trapped by evil times that fall unexpectedly upon them. Uh, these things can suddenly happen. And uh, this is evil, right? A trap, a snare. But death can suddenly come on people. I mean, not old age. Old age is never unexpected, right? You, you don't turn 80 by surprise. But disasters, sicknesses, accidents, crime, it can happen any time. Have you ever heard of sudden adult death syndrome? It's basically when someone just dies for no reason. A friend of mine, minister, he, you know, two young kids, and then he, he went to a church council meeting. And, you know, the meeting, he got a phone call that, that his wife had just died for n no reason whatsoever. But, yeah, that can just happen. 
And well, what do you do with that? It can happen to you. It can happen to your family. You know, you're enjoying a good time, but you don't know. Suddenly this can happen. I mean, fish don't know when they get, get caught, right? Birds don't know when they're going to get trapped. You don't know that suddenly, you know, maybe you're having this great time, but this might be the last time you're all together. Or you're just working for the future. You're working hard to save up for a great retirement. That may not happen, right? You don't know. Doesn't that cast a shadow? And more, right? Life is, is meaningless. If you've read Ecclesiastes, this is the big thing. Life is meaningless, right? Because if it's just life now and then death comes, well, it, then this life has lost its meaning in, in various ways. I mean, one is it doesn't really matter how you live, right? That's what uh, it says here in the passage. All share a common destiny. The righteous and the wicked, the good and the bad, the clean and the unclean, those who offer sacrifice and those who do not, everyone dies. And, and then does it matter? Right? That's what the writer says. I, and I said to myself, well, the fate of the fool will overtake me also. What then do I gain by being wise? I said to myself, this too is meaningless. Right? You can't change the outcome. Normally we have some control, right? You know, I study hard, I get a better result, I get a better university, etc. I work harder, I get a better promotion. But now, right, the same destiny. Then suddenly what you do, is, it's, it's lost its meaning because it won't achieve anything. And of course, you can't take anything with you. Yeah, again, uh, everyone comes naked from their mother's womb and as everyone comes, so they depart. They take nothing from their toil that they can carry in their hands. This too is a grievous evil. As everyone comes, so they depart, and what do they gain since they toil for the wind? Right? Everything you work for, everything you, you save, all your achievements, it's just for the wind. It's like it, it just gets blown away. Right? Because after death, it's gone. You can't take it with you. Right? It's gone. Why work for something that, that will be gone? Why rearrange your house when you're going to move next week? Right? What's the point? And then finally, well, with death, actually, you won't remember anything. You know, you, you, you'll be really gone, right? For the living know that they will die, but the dead know nothing. That they have no further reward, and even their name is forgotten. Their love, their hate, and their jealousy have long since vanished. Never again will they have a part in anything that happens under the sun. But when you're dead, you don't know. You don't remember. You, you're gone. You don't love or hate, that you don't feel, you don't feel, it's all gone. And then, actually, what does it matter? Right, then everything that you've lived in your life is, is, is pointless. I, I don't know how I can best illustrate it. Um, if, as you may know, I became a Christian age 25. So when I was a student, I was not a Christian. And I, I lived a pretty terrible, ungodly life. I mean, I got drunk three times a week. That's how I lived. That's how we had fun. Uh, you know, so sad now to think of it. The thing is, one, one time I, I got so drunk that the next morning I just didn't remember the whole evening. I, I just didn't remember it. Yeah, I, one moment I was at the student bar with my friends, and the next moment I woke up in bed. And, and everything in between was, was gone. And, and I thought, what a pointless evening. I mean, maybe I had a terrible night and really embarrassed myself. 
Uh, maybe I had met the girl of my dreams and had a wonderful romantic evening, but it didn't matter, right? Because it, it was gone. I didn't remember it at all. Uh, so it was completely pointless. I mean, can you imagine? You, you go on a wonderful holiday, and then Monday you go back to work, and people ask you, how was your holiday? And I, I, for, I, I don't remember. I don't know. Then, then why go on holiday, right? It, it's meaningless. That is what we face. When, when you're dead, it's gone. So whether you've had a great life or a terrible life, it doesn't matter because you're going to be dead anyway. You're not going to remember. Right? Isn't that true? Maybe you think, oh, my kids will, they, they will have it and they will remember me. Yeah, but they're going to die. They're not going to remember anything that you've done for them. I mean, ultimately, as scientists say that we know the whole human race will become extinct, right? <laughs> At some point, the sun will get too hot, and then the whole, yeah, the human race will be extinct. And then all human achievement, all the literature and art and science and, and, and all the, you know, the, the, the peace and all the good things, there will be no one left to remember it. And it all becomes meaningless. The only thing you have then, well, you, you have a few planets and stars floating around space. That's all that is left. And there's no one, no one cares. Doesn't that make all of human life completely meaningless, ultimately? I, I think that is what Ecclesiastes says, and I, I think if, if death is the end, then that's it. That, that, that's true, right? How, how do you respond to that? I guess the response of many people is just, oh, let me enjoy life now, right? That's what uh, the writer says here, well, well, go and enjoy, right? Go eat your food with gladness, uh, drink your wine with a joyful heart, enjoy life with your wife whom you love, all the days of this meaningless life, you know? Uh, just enjoy. I mean, how do we say it in uh, these days? We call it YOLO, right? You only live once. You only have this one life, so, so make the most of it. Eh? Enjoy it. Can we? If you know all this, can you really, I mean, can you really enjoy? I mean, first of all, YOLO is really f only for rich people, right? Most people in the world just say, well, make the most of life, enjoy yourself as much as you can. I mean, we tell that to the refugees in Syria, or no, not the refugees, the people who are still trying to live there among the rubble. You know, go and share with them your bucket list. Oh, I want to ride a motorcycle and see Paris and um, you know, do bungee jumping, and they will think, what planet are you from, right? Most people in the world, they can't enjoy themselves. E even here in Hong Kong, right, life is, you know, life is so great. Well, many of us, we just slave away 80 hours a week just to pay for the rent and, and, and pay for our kids so that they can have 80 hours a week tuition, right, so that they can go to university, so that they can have a great job where they work, slave away for 80 hours a week. Right? Isn't that life? Isn't that the quality of life we have here? Uh, of course, yeah, we, we, we sometimes get to enjoy on a Saturday, have some fun. But then, yeah, you remember all this. Remember how it's probably going to be spoiled because death is already here. And it's uncertain. Well, would, how much would you enjoy that? Next time you have a great family meal, just, hey guys, before we start the meal, let me just say, uh, probably something's going to go wrong tonight. And maybe this is the last time we'll be together. And the only thing that's certain is that we'll all forget this in the end. And it, won't, it will be as if it never happened. How can you have joy? How can you live like that? How can you 
<laughs> enjoy your life if you really think about death and the fact that all of us are going to die and then it's gone and it's over and it's never coming back. And, and, and that is life. That is death. I, I hope you see it, right? I don't know, if you're not a Christian, is this how you think about life? Have you ever thought about it this way? And, and are, are you happy with that? Are, are you okay? I guess most of us, we just don't think about it, right? We're, we're an ostrich and we, you know, we put our head in the sand and we, we try to imagine that it never happens. And we dye our hair black just to hide the fact that we're slowly dying. Death is here. You're gonna die, well, what will you do? I think it just leaves us longing for more, right? <laughs> we want more. We, we want to escape this terrible enemy, this terrible scourge, this terrible thing that's going to happen to all of us. And, and we can't do anything about it, right? Remember, death is theological, not biological. We are sinners, and so death hangs over us. Who can give us joy? Who can give us meaning? Who can help us? Well, yeah. That's the question, right, as we, we approach Easter. I mean, who can deal with all these causes? Who can deal with disease? Right? Someone who can heal the sick. Who can deal with deprivation? I mean, someone who can feed hungry multitudes, disaster. Someone who can calm the storm. Uh, someone who can deal with evil, who can cast it out. I mean, who, who can do that? Who can raise people from the dead? And, and, and if death can't be removed, that's the thing, right? Who can deal with our sin? Right? Sin is there, and so death needs to come. Can someone take our sin and take our death away from us? And I hope you, you see it, right? As we stare into the abyss, we, we need help. And aren't you then so glad that Jesus came? That, you know, this terrible evil, awful curse... Well, he, he took our sin, and, and he took our death, and he died in our place, and he was cut off from everything good instead of us. He was utterly forsaken out of his love for you. So that, well, he can make this promise, right? I'm the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live, even though he dies. And whoever leaves and believes in me will never die. What a wonderful promise. Let's pray. Our Father, it's so sobering to think of life, of death coming, and death already being here. What it does to us, does to our family, does to this world, and the shadow it casts. Father, we pray that this would be real. Teach us to number our days that we may have a guard of wisdom, that we would run to Jesus and the life that he offers to dead sinners like us. In Jesus' name, amen.